Hey, before you geek out with us about Harry Potter, be sure to like us on Facebook. Search Endlight Podcast Network and like us there on Facebook so you can follow everything that we're doing. Also, be sure to search EPN on iTunes. That's right. And subscribe to Pop Off or to Trek Off or to The Suckcast or The Hot Mess or Ninjas vs. You. Also, if you have Netflix, be sure to stream our movie, Ninjas vs. Vampires. And while you're at it, go to popoffpodcast.com and listen to our other Pop Off podcast with RJ Haynes about the Avengers movies. That's right. The Iron Man and Hulk and Thor and Captain America movies leading up to next year's Avengers directed by Joss Whedon. We're doing a retrospective on that. Check out Trek Off at trekoffpodcast.com. I am done hawking stuff. Here is Papa. Um, welcome to Harry Popoff and... The prisoner of of as Azkaban, right? Yeah, yeah, good, excellent. Okay, your your Hi. Un- your uncomfortable silence means we're gonna have an amazing <laughs> episode today. It's gonna be odd because in this episode you're going to be silent a lot. Yes, because this is great radio. This is awesome. Yes, awesome. It is. Okay, let's just start with a quiz. All right, I you? have a quiz. You have a quiz. And this time it's about the movie, not the book. Okay, I would love to hear a quiz <laughs> about the movie Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Go. Okay. All right. Question one. Question one. What does Aunt Marge do to get Harry's attention as a prelude to ordering about like a servant? What? Uh, doesn't he? Doesn't she call like his mom a bitch or something? And she she snaps her fingers at him and calls him you. Oh, she does call his mom a bitch, though. Um, yeah, she does. I remember. So that. I like that. So go on. Okay. Um, what two magical things does Harry do that he can't control when Aunt Marge angers him? Um, he does two things to her. He uh, doesn't he break her her glass and then he turns her into a balloon? Yep. Good. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> I'm so smart. <laughs> All right, go on. What is the name of the hippogriff in Hagrid's class? The name, uh, Buckbeak. Yes, it is. Buckbeak. Fuckbeak. <laughs> oh, uh, spoilers uh, will abound in this podcast, uh, so, and be careful of that, and also I'll be cursing, and Kelly will be rolling her eyes. Yes. Go ahead. So not safe for work. Not safe for work, unless you work at a fuck factory. Okay. At that place. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like people do. Yes. All right, go on. Next yes, one. I know many people that work there. At the fuck factory? Yeah. Welcome into the fucking factory. Good. Okay. Go on. So, uh, so number four. Number question four. four. Dudley Dursley is always picking out, but what other activity was he doing during most of the time we see him on film? Uh, Was he playing video games? No, he's watching TV. Oh, he's watching TV. And, yeah. you know, he's sort of taking things in stride in this too, but we'll talk about that. So, go on. I'd be interested to see what he's watching. I wonder if they ever show that. Porn. He's probably watching a bunch of Wouldn't show, it be amazing? shows about people eating things. Wouldn't it be amazing if it, like, they really, like, zoomed in for one second and he really was watching hardcore porn? <laughs> just like right there on the TV, they're just going at it and he's like, like, what? Mom, I'm just watching these people over here. They're boinking. Or whatever they say there. <laughs> They're having the old in and out. They're having a shag. They're having a shag. Yeah, they're shagging. <laughs> Look at them. They're shagging over there. Okay. Question yeah. five. He's a teenager. What was the name? Of, I love how this is phrased. What was the name of the violently purple 
triple deck bus that picked up Harry. That would be, um, it's not the wizard's bus, is it? New. No, it's uh, the, the, I don't know. The night bus. The night bus. But night like. Hello. K-N-I-G-H-T. No. Hello, this is the night bus. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Where was Harry when the wizard's public bus picked him up? He was at a park uh, about to be attacked by Dementors and being watched by Lupin. No, serious. Yes. Wow. Uh, That's a, a lot of information. And the answer was just beside a playground. It was beside a playground. It was starting to get really <laughs> cold and freezing. Um, in the last scene, what gift does Harry receive anonymously? In the last scene of what? Of the movie. Oh, oh, the, what we went from the beginning the of the movie all the way, all the way to the very end. It's a weird order of questions. Uh, is it a firebolt? Yes, <laughs> I think, but but I it says anonymously, but but we know who it's from. I don't from. think it's anonymous no. because um, it's from from Sirius. Sirius satellite radio. Yes. Um, who gives Harry satellite radio? This is a question. I don't know. I wouldn't have known the answer to this. On the night the entire school slept in the Great Hall, what was the enchanted ceiling showing? Whoa. <laughs> I don't even remember that. I don't doing remember that. a night that the entire school slept in the Great Hall. Hardcore porn. Supposedly, this was from the movie. Uh, okay, what was it? Galaxies. All right, there we go. Galaxies <laughs> of porn. That's weird. The person who wrote this says, that was weird. The ceiling of the Great Hall was enchanted to show and reflect the sky outside, but in the movie, it was showing galaxies and such. I doubt that can be seen in the night sky with the naked eye. Ha 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 ha. You got him, man. Well done. <laughs> who, who's, this, who's, this, uh, who's this from? This is from something called funtrivia.com where people can submit their own quizzes. Funtrivia.com. Which being that people can submit their own quizzes, I guess this quiz has not actually been vetted and could be entirely wrong. Yes. <laughs> and made up. <laughs> I, I submit. The, oh, I can't submit, but there we go. Sorry, Alexia. Okay. What is Harry's Quidditch robe number? 13? No, 7. No, really? Potter 7. Potter 7. Uh, what do the Weasley twins give Harry that will play a big part in this movie and possibly the fourth movie since it also played a part in the fourth book? Oh, so this quiz was, uh, I guess before, it was written yeah. before the fourth movie came out. Was the internet alive back then? <laughs> um, I would say that would be the Marauders map. Yes, it is. I solemnly swear that I am up to no, no good. good. Okay, go on. Mischief managed. Okay. This is called dead air. How many times does Uncle Vernon check on Harry in the very beginning of the movie? Uh, Like three. Two. Two? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's the opening scene. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about all of that. No, but no. Uh, yeah, go on. Um, I'm skipping a few. thinking back to the Chamber of really Suck. Harry Potter um, must not go back to Hogwarts. That wasn't this one. Because this one was, well, we'll talk about it. Come Who on. directed this movie? Alfonso Cuaron. Okay, yes. Uh, uh, this Come is, on! This, no, I'm sorry. I'm trying to, I'm reading the questions. This is an interesting question. This is a question. The, the reading the questions maybe should have happened before. Sorry. But it's interesting. Awesome. It's interesting. Okay, go on. During most of the movie. Masturbation. Where, <laughs> where was Harry's scar located on his forehead? 
Oh, it was located on his right side, although occasionally it was on his left. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I, a filmmaking technique that happens a lot, and this I do it too, um, is uh, is to make a scene work, sometimes you have to take the image and you have to reverse it when you edit it together. So there is a, uh, a an actor that I work with from time to time uh, who has a beauty mark, one could say, and... Uh, I will see that that beauty mark uh, jumps from the left side to the right side of his face during Ninjas vs. Zombies. And if you watch it carefully, you'll see it happen a lot. Yes. So, yeah, that's I forgive them for that. I thought that was interesting. Um, what animagi, am I saying that right? Animagi. Animagi. animagi yeah. Does Sirius Black turn into? Uh, a dog. Yes. Some people think I have a, quite a sweet disposition as a dog. Okay. Um. Okay. Here you go. All right. In order, in chronological okay. order, mm-hmm. who were the people who went through the passageway underneath the Whomping Willow? I can tell you this. It was uh, Ron, then Harry, then Hermione. There were more than those. Oh, in order. In order. That would that would be uh, that that would be. Uh, boy, uh, what's his name? Wormtail, then Sirius, then Ron. Wormtail, then Sirius, then Ron, then Harry, then Hermione. Uh, almost. What was it? <laughs> it says Sirius, Ron, Scabbers, then Harry, Hermione, then Remus, and lastly Severus Snape. Wow. Yeah, because that's very. That Whomping Willow is a slut. That's very She's, important information okay. to know. Excellent. What color dress does the fat lady wear, the one who guards the Gryffindor entrance? Holy shit, who cares? I don't know. <laughs> Porn. It's white. It's like a white robe thing. Porn. Um, and here we go. Last. Let's just make this the last one. Is the answer porn? <laughs> um, apart from Harry, Ron, Hermione, and the Weasley twins, apart from those people. Apart from them. Who else knew that this spare bit of parchment was actually the Marauder's Map? Lupin. Yes. There we go. All right. All right. Welcome to Harry Pop-Off. Uh, <laughs> today we're going to be discussing... Welcome. Uh, we'll be discussing uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, uh, if you listen to our last podcast, please do. It's on popoffpodcast.com. We'll be alternating this with the Avengers podcast, so please listen to both. But if you listen to our last, uh, you know that I was not a fan of the Chamber of Secrets, and the biggest reason why... And it's no secret that uh, you were not a fan. Uh, well, no, the reason... Oh, look, to be fair, the reason why I was not a fan of the Chamber of Secrets is that it was a giant piling, steaming pile of shit. Um, <laughs> oh, is that all? That's the only reason why. Um, if if it weren't for that one fact that the movie had nearly no redeeming quality, then I would have liked it. But as it stands, <laughs> it's awful. Chris Columbus is out, ladies and gentlemen, and he has been replaced by uh, a new director, Alfonso Cuaron, and immediately, or Cuaron, I don't know how you pronounce it. Cuaron. Cuaron. But uh, I I, uh, immediately, Curry. I think he directed Kids. I don't remember if he directed Kids. He might have directed something else beforehand, but... Um, is that a movie title? Yeah, uh, I thought you were just saying like he, he's directed, he's directed children. children before. He's directed no. children before. Um, That's all. So, but I, I'm probably wrong about, about that. Um, so, so what the uh, so so what I immediately noticed at the beginning of this film is uh, is you have um, 
you have regular clothes. Regular clothes. Well, okay, I noticed I noticed that as well. Um but uh I noticed the camera work was different. Uh it was no longer um kind of very standard setup uh high budget feature film uh cinematography. It was handheld. Uh there was a lot of handheld shots in this. And I noticed that the neighborhood no longer looked like a cartoon. And I noticed immediately that uh, that the house looked like it was shot in stark white light instead of sort of some like orangish, you know, sort of softer tones. And even though there was an element of cartoonishness to the Dursleys, there was a darker undertone to it, especially to the woman who was visiting. Um, yeah, Aunt Marge. Uh, and and it was just harsh. Um, and Harry got like was getting pissed and going upstairs and kicking his uh, kick, kicking his trunk and was just immediately angst ridden. Yeah, I was just gonna say he was just like an angsty teenage boy now. Yeah. Um. But but the the family was cruel as well. And like essentially what happens last time we talked about how they were trying so hard to keep him there, um, and they were desperate for him to not go and. In this one, in this one, it's so very different. Uh, they are, he has his room um, and this woman comes up and she's verbally abusive to him and he starts doing magic and he blows her up and she goes up into the sky and he grabs his fucking trunk and he's like, I'm gone. Like, fuck you guys. And they're like, you can't leave. And he points his wand at him. I mean, his wand's like a gun. Yeah. Like you can kill people with that wand. You know, that that's how his parents died is with the wand. And he points it right at him. He's like, go ahead, fucking tempt me. And they're like, you can't do magic out of school. And he's like, watch me. Watch me. And he goes. And that's sort of it. That's immediately, that's like his exit. So as opposed to him, you know, jumping into a flying car, you know, in a funny cartoony scene, this scene, while it had elements of funny to it, um, wouldn't you say it was immediately darker? Well, yeah. I mean, also, as you said, this Aunt Marge character was like, from the beginning being cruel to him yeah not just mean there's a difference between being mean and being yeah cruel and she was and being saying cruel. horrible things about his parents and and she she did in some roundabout way without coming out and saying your mother's a bitch she said something else very no much no like she that. said your mother no well what he's what she said is she said what's good for the dog is good for the bitch you know like yeah. or that she, she was talking about dogs but she used the word bitch yeah um which immediately struck me um, that it was, it was just, it was harsh. So, uh, so Harry falls down and this is where he first noticed, uh, the use of, uh, black, um, in the movie and the use of white and black is he is at the playground and he's leaning back and there are shadows and the playground almost looks like that, that like like it's nighttime at the playground from Terminator 2. I was just going <laughs> to say the one from Terminator right yeah, before. like it's that playground, like the night before Judgment Day. <laughs> it's, it's that playground. The swings are swinging on their own. It's creepy. Um, the Dementors are coming by, but just the use of black and the shadow and and gone is the is the the very kid movie ish color scheme that was in the movie. And I know that that sounds very filmmaky, um, but it really does make a difference. <laughs> That's a new word. Thank you. <laughs> uh, um, but but there's a real difference when you're used to seeing these yellows and oranges and and 
and you know very sort of rustic tones welcoming warm tones uh these tones are not welcoming at all and you take that with the handheld camera work um and the costumes everybody was wearing like everybody much more it's almost tim burtony in realistic well it's realistic but in a in a in a dark um brooding nearly monochromatic sometimes um and i and 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 i was really struck by that um and when the when the uh, Dementors start showing up and he's at the park and the dog is watching him, there's a real sense of foreboding, a sense of danger that I've never felt before in a Harry Potter movie. And then the Night's Bus shows up. Yes, um, which is just a funny... It's fun. It's a funny ride. It's a fun ride, but they're... They're it, all in beds and the thing yeah. like folds up into a tiny little space to squeeze between other buses. But and again, instead of instead of it being, oh, look, like because last time, this is the point in the movie where we showed up at the Dursleys in, in the second movie. And it was like, look at the dishes watching themselves. Ah. Oh, you mean at the, at the Weasleys? At uh, the Weasleys, yeah. Sorry, the Weasleys. And this time, it's the bus is doing funny things because the characters are eccentric and... The the jokes that they're telling are a little dark. They almost hit a, hit a little old lady, and they, you know, there there are there's an element of humor to this that I appreciate. Um, so while it's funny, it's not kind of expositorily funny. It's not like like look look at this funny thing that you're seeing. Look at this funny thing that you're seeing. Like Harry is going through madcap, and I think that's the word to use, through madcap antics with this bus. And that's funny to me, much funnier than look how funny that there are dishes washing themselves. Yeah. You know, so or that he's saying diagonally. It's This is like anybody would be stuck in. It's absurd. And and they play with the absurdity. Um, he goes from there and he goes to uh, the bar, whatever the bar is at the Hogsmeade or whatever the bar is. Um, is it Hogsmeade or is or, that the name of the town? No, maybe that's the name of the town. It's the uh, it's some bar. The boar's the boar's boar's, boar's head. head. Yeah, and he goes up and he is sort of forgiven for uh, forgiven of his sins by the minister of magic, and he sort of ends up going back to Hogwarts and being admitted. And Ron and Hermione there are there, and boom, we have now started the third year. But there is an added element of danger into this because there is an escaped murderer. Again, we've gone from someone is opening the chamber of secrets to murderer. This is something we can we as an audience can relate to. Like there's a bad guy. Were you uh you ever have a serial killer be out and about where you lived? Like in your um, life? I don't remember. There was a guy who killed a couple of girls in when we lived in Fredericksburg all those years ago, but you ever heard of the Night Stalker? No. Um, very big. He was national news in the 80s, um, right around when Back to the Future came out, because I remember, and he was killing people in Southern California. And guess where I lived? In Southern California. <laughs> um, uh, or where my family lived. Um, and so I was staying in Southern California and living in California when the Night Stalker was out there, and there was a sense of fear. You felt this guy was out there, and he was killing people. And the closest I, I ever felt to that was that when they had the DC snipers, remember? Okay, yeah, well, they were serial killers. That. They were serial yeah. killers and they were following us. Yes. Um, in, in point. Of, okay. So if you remember the DC sniper story really quickly, um, the DC sniper struck in, uh, in the DC area in uh, places that were in like 35 miles from the center of DC in Maryland and Virginia, um, either North or South of Washington, DC in when within a mile of places that we had lived. 
Yeah, it was um, very strange. Like they, there was like a Home Depot shopping center where we went to Home Depot and a gas station where we got our gas at another time. And it was very odd to the point where someone said, you're not the DC sniper, are you? Um, to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, no, maybe not. Um, so, so You're yeah. Like no, but who did we piss but, off? But do you, but do you remember that? Do you remember going to the gas station and like feeling the need to like gas up quickly, Go quickly, and get right back in the car? Yeah, and, and being like, very nervous walking into even, Home Depots, even though there are there's there are a million gas. So that's so you get that sense. Sirius Black is out there, and maybe he's gonna come get you. And you you get that if you've ever had a dangerous element ne- live near you, you get that, and that is. Again, a huge change from the Chamber of Secrets is maybe open. Let's read a diary. There's a snake paralyzing people. This is much more something that that I feel like you can live with. That like or the, that you that, that you have lived with that, that in real life, you as an audience okay. member can relate to what you're seeing on the screen. Um, So we go from that and then we go into the year and we meet the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Because it changes every time. Yes. Um, that's That would be Remus yeah. Lupin, right? Um, and his relationship with Harry is immediately different than everybody else's because he has a history with... With his parents. With his parents. Because he was like one of their best friends. Yeah. Um, and therein lies the, the sort of the plot of the movie now. The plot of the movie basically centers around um, Sirius Black is getting closer and closer and closer. Um, and as that happens, uh, Harry is, uh, there, there are Dementors that are now protecting the castle. Again, they do an attack. I totally forgot. They do an attack on the train where Harry is on his way to school and Harry is, is sort of wiped out and is knocked out by it. And that's a scary scene too. And then Draco thinks it's funny. Yeah. Um, uh, there's, there's this whole like, the Dementors are there and they, they're going to get you. And and uh, Sirius is there, but you don't know he's good yet. And he's going to get you. And there's a sense that no matter where you go, no matter where you turn, you're safe in your little school, but death is everywhere. And I mean, there's it's all black and white. The colors are black and white. His name is Sirius Black. Hmm. Um, and it just it strikes such a different tone. Don't yes. you think? I do think. <laughs> Those, that's, that's called the pause. It's like I'm teaching you on the fly how to do a podcast. <laughs> this is the part where I pause and, and now then, you and say then, something. And then when I stop talking, you yes, talk. Here we go. So I'll say, <laughs> don't you think? I do think so, Justin. Why do you think that? Um, I forget what we were just talking about now. What was what it? What were you thinking? Right now, what were you thinking? What was on your mind while I was talking? Where did you go? I don't know. The fuck were you? Uh, I don't know. I was lost in the pattern of that couch over there. Okay, come on. <laughs> come on, snap to it. This is okay. great. Sorry. The listeners are just clicking <laughs> off. This is the worst thing I've They're ever like, heard. what? I don't even know um, what her couch looks like. <laughs> must be quite an amazing couch. It must couch. be a very interesting couch. Um, well, let's... Uh, uh, so let, back up where we're, what, what were we what, talking? What was Harry kid? Potter. Oh, Welcome to fucking Harry Potter, man. <laughs> oh, we're doing that. Oh, wow. Um, so, so what I said was that you get to the school and outside of the confines of the classroom, you get the sense that, that there is this impending danger 
Um, oh, yeah. Both yeah, yeah, between yeah. Sirius Black that and the Dementors. That you're safe in your little spot, and then everywhere else you turn, it's like death, 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 death. Um, watch out, watch out. They, Somebody's going to get you. And they, they do Don't have- leave your room. They do have splashes of comedy, but it always is followed up by something dark. For instance, the ridiculous spells. Yeah. Which was fun. And which the, are kind of uh, ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, what's fun about it is that is that they have everybody gets a chance to do something funny, and then Harry turns around and what pops out but a Dementor, and and again, in in the middle of your funny scene, you've got smack dab, boom. I thought it was also interesting that they hinted at um, at uh, Remus being a he's a he's a werewolf, werewolf right? yeah he's a werewolf um they hinted at that just different little places like the fact that when that his biggest fear his biggest fear yeah. was the full moon oh totally i think upon seeing it the first time was like i don't you know didn't that even I, noticed. Think about it. Yeah. I didn't think about it or maybe i was like what a moon that's weird i don't know but um knowing the second time around knowing that that's what he is it was like of course, hello. Put two and two together, guys. He's afraid of a full moon. And there are other signs. I forget what else they are. Um, Hermione puts them together, though. Oh, she I love Hermione off, off in this screen. film. I love Hermione in this film. She is awesome. She is spunky. She is, uh, you know, when she turns around in socks. She's calling Ron, Ronald. You know, when she when she turns around in socks, uh, Draco in the mouth. You know, yeah. it's awesome. And she she really comes into her own in this film. And it was pretty fun when she watches herself punch him in the mouth. too. Yeah. And and, and just she carries the, the last half of this film. What is uh, what is unfortunate is where what happens to her in the fourth film. Um, but we'll get there. Uh, um, you have Harry's journey, which is a journey of discovering a lot about his, you know, the relationships of his parents and what his parents were like, you know, and. And getting the Marauders map, and which is a, a touch of his father's past, and he's there with his father's best friends, all of them, and his enemies, and he's there smack dab in his in the middle of his father's conflicts here, yeah. which is which yeah. is which is really interesting. Um, uh, at one point, he is forbidden to go to uh, forbidden to go into um, Hogsmeade is a little town, right? That's where they have the candy shop so, yeah. and stuff, and he goes. Uh, through passages and and using the Mar- Marauders map and hides with his invisibility cloak and and again in the last film you had all the warm yellows and everything seems so pleasant there's snow everywhere there's snow everywhere it's like perpetually either late you know early late you know winter early spring or fall or snowy it's always overcast um and this film has got so much use of black and white and gray when he's out there in the snow again, black and white and gray, black and white and gray. It's stark. And it's so different from the last film where I felt so orange. And yeah. Orange and welcoming. And the, this really, you know, his emotions are flaring. He is upset. He is crying. He is fixated on his father. It's all about his father. And at one point, he eventually thinks he sees his father. So let's go ahead and get, um, we're going to jump forward with this film. There's a lot that you could say about this film, but, um, but I think what's interesting about this film is that the, the storyline ends. So you have, you have Harry's discovery of who Sirius Black is, who Lupin is, um, and the relationship with, between them and someone named Wormtail, um, Wormtongue, Wormtongue. Is that Peter Pettigrew? 
Yeah, but the, is that Wormtail or or is Worm Worm Tongue is Lord of the Rings? Wormtail is I, is I yes. Um, but yes, Peter Pettigrew Scabbers. Scabbers. Um, the rat man. And 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 why are why is he seeing Peter Pettigrew? Who is Lupin? Who is Sirius? Um, uh, and that's one plot. And then sort of the B plot of this is that um, Hagrid uh, has um, has been accused of harming. Uh, of harming Draco Malfoy and Buckbeak uh, yeah, needs yeah. to be executed. And that is sort of the B story that's going on there. And then the Dementors are there and they're sort of kind of out to get Harry. At one point, the Quidditch match again. Which is very strange. Well, let's talk about the Quidditch match because last time I felt the Quidditch match, it was so Star Wars. This one, it was in the rain, of course, overcast with lightning. Everyone's sort of dark. It's all sort of black and white. Um and he goes up and he's sort of surrounded by Dementors and nearly dies. And Why would they even have Quidditch? This is the same question you asked Well, it's a question that times. comes up over and over again. Why does Quidditch keep happening? Why it's, do they keep having this game yeah. when there's all these other things going on? And especially, why would they have Quidditch? Because if it weren't for Quidditch, what would Hufflepuff do? When Dementors <laughs> could get to you... They're, they can't come inside yeah, a know. certain distance to the school, but apparently you can. You have to fly higher than that sometimes in Quidditch. Yeah. And they're not like, hey, I have an idea. Let's make it so the Dementors can't come into the Quidditch game. Yeah, well, I get I get the sense that the Quidditch match became that thing that has to be there. Like you, you like like on the Eminem albums, there always had to be one sort of silly Slim Shady song. You know, it's like we have to get he has to get on a broom and fly fast because that's what everybody expects is going to happen. Well, so, you know, that's yeah. Um, yeah. But that's OK, because it was visually really interesting. It was really tense. Um, uh, it wasn't about the Quidditch game. That's the thing. The Quidditch game was the uh, the Quidditch game was the was, back was the backdrop yeah. to the bigger story. It was just the, as opposed the thing to that got them to that. As opposed to a, a pause in the bigger story so they could play a Quidditch game. And that's the difference. This story um, had emotional through line the entire time. The It's unrelenting in its in its foreboding. Uh, and and finally they get to the end and the end is just, or the first ending, let's say, uh, before we start telling the second half of the movie again. Um, the first ending is unrelenting. It's just they they get to the the what is the Whomping Willow, and that's attacking them. Then they go in, and Sirius Black is there, and he's an evil killer, and he's going to kill them. No, he's not. He's after the rat. Why is he after the rat? No, the rat is there. The rat is a killer. Um, and Lupin's there, and Lupin's going after the rat, and then the rat tries to escape, and he's Peter Pettigrew, and Peter Pettigrew goes outside, and right when it seems like they're going to win, Lupin changes, and then Sirius changes, and then Peter Pettigrew gets away, which means everything is bad. Sirius is about to die. The Dementors attack. Uh, mm. It's just like the end. It's just it's Harry and uh, and uh, they, Sirius both are like yeah. Sirius dying. dies and then his soul comes out, then goes back in, and then Harry is saved by a mystical unseen force. But as it is, uh, there is no way to sort of save uh, Sirius. Sirius is going to be carried. You know, it's it's just it's a killer twenty minutes of of nutsness. It's just really awesome and is uh, just just turn around after turn around after turn around. I do want to stop real quick before we get there. And I want to talk about one scene 
that you stopped because you were watching this part of the movie sort of half-heartedly because you were doing something else, but you stopped to listen. You weren't able to watch, but you were able to listen. And there's a scene where Lupin is on the bridge talking to Harry about his parents. Um, Mm -hmm. And this scene's a good three minutes long, and it's kind of one shot. uh, And there's a little bit of back-and-forth editing, but it's mostly one shot. It lingers. The scene is, is, is... quiet and slow and introspective and i think we both agreed at that moment that that scene with very little budget to it with two actors talking was more engaging than anything in the previous movie Hmm. because it was about the the heart and soul of these of these characters yeah and that was that was the crux of of what made this movie better I've talked a lot about the color scheme, about the foreboding, but ultimately it was they cared about how the characters feel and they care about how you feel. And it's not just about showing you shit. Right. It's about making you feel shit. (laughs) Yeah. And I would say that we're going to come up on the fourth movie and, and, and we're in the middle of watching the fourth movie as we're recording this podcast. Um, and the fourth movie has a lot of flaws that I didn't remember. Um, but I would say that even the fourth movie with its flaws, um, I, I can put leaps and bounds above the second film because the second film just didn't care about these things like characters and emotions. They just wanted to show you the Chris Columbus has had a philosophy that the more awesome magic shit he can show you, the more fun you as an audience member is going are, are going to have. And in this case they said, you know what? We can pull back on the magic shit. Because what we want to show you is what's going on in your characters' hearts. That these are like real people, sort of. Yeah. Well, that's the idea. That's how you should feel watching a movie. What did I just see? It was a quote from Roger Ebert that I saw. And I'm I'm going to fuck it up, but I'm going to say it anyway. That the that life, uh, that, that unlike movies. It's like a box of chocolates. No, li- life, uh, um, if you were to follow the story all the way to the end, always that story always ends with the death and pain. Um, the nice thing about movies is that it allows you to stop from time to time in the middle. Hmm. Um, you That's should, interesting. You should feel while you're watching a film that these characters are real. They should be real to you. And if they're not, then why the hell are you paying the money to see it? It shouldn't just be about showing you cool shit. And in this film, they really did. They really made you feel that the characters were, were real people. Um, and I dug that. But okay, let's get to the end. Killer ending. Um, everything is bleak. And uh, Ron is injured. And Ceres is in trouble. And so they go. And we find out the reason that Hermione has been popping up in the middle of classes throughout the movie um, is that she has been traveling in time. Yes. And has a little necklace that lets her travel in time. Very um, odd. And by the way, we've totally skipped Professor Trelawney. Um, so let's just give Emma Thompson her due. For yeah. an amazing performance, uh, just a pleasure to watch her on screen. She alone, she does what her ex-husband did in the last film. It delivers a wonderful guest performance. So let's just give her that. Yay. Um, uh, they go back in time. And you kind of get your very own little Back to the Future 2 here. Where they're tracing over the steps of what you've just seen. And you find out that that rock that hit Hermione... Was thrown by Hermione, or, or hit Harry. Was thrown by Hermione. It's it's by the other Hermione. Yeah, 
Um, and Harry goes, we're going to meet my father. We're going to meet my father. We're going to meet my father. You get to go through the events at the end again. And then Buckbeak saves them from, from Lupin. And, and then at the very end, you, you find out that it was not Harry's father, but rather it was Harry. It was Harry himself. Now there was something when I was watching the movie yeah. that I kept thinking, I kept waiting for a line and I couldn't remember if I just thought this line was in the movie and it What's really wasn't or if it was maybe in the book, but they didn't put it in the movie. What was it? But it was something or else I just missed it. But it was something to the effect of that he like her asking, like, how did you know that you could do that? And him saying, I already did it because I already did it. Yeah, it was right in there in the movie. It was in the movie. Yeah. I totally missed that because I was like waiting the whole time for that awesome. that line. Maybe and you were I, entranced in the fucking never, couch. <laughs> that I never I don't know why, it. but there's like 10 minutes of the movie I don't remember, but <laughs> I remember Plaid. <laughs> it was Plaid. Plaid was very good. Yes. Um, uh, so you get to the end of the movie and uh, the question that, that like there there is a certain lost, you know, like the like the show lost, whatever happened, happened. Um did they have to go back in time? What did they change by going back in time except that their perspective showed them that the things they thought happened didn't happen? Like yeah. we like like, like Buckbeak like we Buckbeak got killed. But, but he, he didn't. didn't really get killed. Maybe he did the first time around though. But no, they were there the first time around and the first time around they were there from the second time around. I don't know. So when they, their reason for going back in time was to change things and yet they didn't change anything because it already happened the way it happened the first time around. It's very weird. Yeah. But okay, we'll go with it because it was cool to see. I love Back to the Future too, and I love that they did that here. So why not? Let's go with it. Um, we get to the end, and uh, Harry now has a uh, Harry now has um, both Lupin out there who can no longer do the job uh, because everyone knows he's a werewolf. And Sirius is out there somewhere to be on his side. And when, you know, you get to the end of the movie, it's this awesome shot of Harry flying away on his broomstick and being happy. Um, it won't last. It won't last. <laughs> uh, what I dug about this film is that they were, uh, they were people. They were people. Everybody, like, like uh, Sirius Black was a person to me and when you go around and you say that's the same guy who played you know oswald and that's the same guy who's i mean that's commissioner gordon from the new batman movies i mean he's he so, is a very good actor he's so he, he so disappears into gary oldman just disappears into his roles um uh and and when you go when, when you go that the Lupin who who is I haven't seen that actor do a whole lot else but he again is just so endearing and is so you know you feel for him and you feel for his situation you feel for Sirius's situation you feel for James and Lily and they're not even in the film yeah and you feel for for what's going on with them everyone I feel in like the, they've been in the film and and even even Snape who you know who is there and gives a chance to 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 be not barking like he was in the film before um, and kind of the Snape that we come to know and love. Uh, you know, he, it's funny, he turns around and protects the children immediately. He's yelling at them. Then the werewolf is there immediately, like, puts himself between. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a telling moment. I, I was just going to say, that's, that was very telling. Um, uh, 
it's just that the acting is good. The way that the, the children were directed. Uh, I really, I really liked this film and I'll be honest. I didn't remember liking it this much. So just on rewatching it now. Yeah. Like on rewatching it, I was like, Oh, this is much, much better than I remember. I remember the fourth one being astoundingly great and the third one being, Oh, okay. And on rewatching, I thought the third one was astoundingly great. Um, and we're going to have to find out what I think of the yes. fourth one. But on the sp- next episode. spoiler alert, um, Hermione forgets how to act for a film. <laughs> uh, but we will talk about that. Um, uh, last, Your last thoughts on Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, having watched the first two and then this one. Uh, it is so much better. Just leaps and bounds above the first two movies. I think you said before that Chris Columbus really kind of just laid the groundwork for setting up the um, the universe yeah. of Harry Potter and the casting. I, I'll but, give it to him the for casting. the casting. Yeah, but um, but it was very kind of I don't know kid like, very kid like yeah. those first two films, and this was the first one that seemed more geared toward everyone adults this is everyone yeah this was there's was kid stuff it didn't too seem, but it, it didn't seem like a fun kid movie to go see it didn't seem like oh you're going to that little kid movie it was like uh, i'm more along the lines of going to see lord of the rings or something like i don't that. i don't know who the fuck the first two films were for because especially the first one that was like kid 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 incredibly frighteningly terrifying scene at the end that makes the movie entirely inappropriate for kids and then the second movie which is boring for kids um but seems geared toward kids and then at the end again a very violent end scene that is sort of nightmare inducing for kids i don't know who those films are for this film i can go you know who this film is for this film is for everyone teenage boys no it's for everyone over the age of eight (laughs) i can just go anyone over the age of eight you can watch this film and you'll enjoy this film this film will not bore you if you're eight or you're 80 this film is not going to leave you behind whereas i felt that the first two leaves adults behind and then gets to the end and then also leaves the kids behind that it meant to be that we're Hmm. watching it and and this film really from the moment i saw that they were doing handheld cameras and you know it seemed like i was in there in the world and it just got me this film was great man Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Go see it. Yes. Go get it. Go rent it. Go, go watch it. Netflix Buy it. it. Buy it. It's not on Netflix. Oh. Buy it. Well, then like, don't Netflix it. Um, <laughs> uh, but you could Netflix our movie if you want. Yes, Ninjas versus Vampires. I guess that that's finishing this. Ninjas versus Vampires is on our movie. Is our movie. You can Netflix that. Um, listen to what is going to be the brand new Ninjas versus You coming up in the next couple of weeks, which is going to be the official audio blog of the next movie. Yay. Um, uh, you can listen to the other pop-off shows right now with R.J. Haynes, uh, where we talk about um, the Avengers movies. And coming up, I've heard a rumor we might be doing Lost. So so Yay. look for that. And, of course, Trek Off with Alexia. And I've talked to Corey, and he says that the subcast will be coming up back sometime, so check that out. But that's all. <laughs> uh, if you search EPN, just the letters EPN, and like, and like pod- Podcast Network, if you search those letters on iTunes, you'll find these podcasts. Um, so do that. Or if you don't have iTunes, you're not using iTunes, go to endlightpodcast.com, and you'll see them all there. Um, NinjasVersusVampires.com is where you get the movie. Um and uh you can buy it there. Buy it and you'll get cool stuff too. So yes. do that. 
Um, a free CD. Friend us on Facebook. Uh, look up Enlight Podcast Network on f- Facebook and friend us. Uh, like us. Do a like. Do a like on us and you will hear news. There is going to be huge news. In the next six months, I dare say the Enlight Podcast Network will get bigger and better and different. Um, and so you will enjoy it. So that is it, man. That is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. My name is Justin. And I'm Kelly. Pop off. Pop off. Hope you enjoyed that episode of Pop-Off. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and also go to endlightpodcast.com and listen to all of our free funny podcasts. That's at endlightpodcast.com.